gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up, wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakoven and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. Welcome in to the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I am Rico, not joined by Jake Bachman as he is on vacation. I am joined by my other co-host, one Nick Sainert. Hello, Rico. Nicholas, how are you? I am swell. That's fantastic. Good start. I see you went and got yourself some lunch. Yeah, I Even did. though yesterday you told me that you needed to stop buying lunch. I do, I do, but, you know, time constraints and... The lack of motivation to make my lunch in the morning when I before I left for work has caused me to go get lunch. Mm. So just get a do what I do. Get a big old box of hot pockets, and then that's that's your lunch. The hot pockets are garbage. They're not. Th- they're not garbage. They're they're not good. I got the uh, what was it the three meat hot pockets. It's the same way I feel about incru- uncrustables. They're just so. I, I you just, don't like uncrustables? No, I'm out on uncrustables. Who hurt you? Nobody hurt me. I just. I don't know. I I just don't like the idea of prepackaged, um, prepackaged peanut butter and jelly. It, I, like we we are somewhat but lazy it's now. You 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 are so lazy that you can't take the time to peanut butter your bread and and jelly, jelly my bread. your bread. It's not that I'm lazy. It's that it's easier to just grab it's, that. It's obviously, and also and also. At least in my opinion, and I know you're going to make fun of it, it's for the kids. They like them, and they're also delicious, and I like them as well. But you can make it in the circle. Like, people people argue about the circle. Yeah, but there's already, like, I have to rip the crust off, and I feel like I'm wasting it. Like, and I'll just toss it to the birds, even though you're not supposed to. You just eat it. And I'm not just going to eat crust. You I'm just going to grab, I'm just going to eat whatever. What kind of animal do you think I am? I don't know. If do you means- just do, if, you, if somebody ripped the crust off of their sandwich, and they're like, hey, you want this? I would eat it. Okay. I would. I would I, have zero issue with it. It's really weird I, also to be like looking at you from these two seats trying to like have a conversation. I feel like it's a little I've more never, normal. I've never been able to see your full body when we've done a show. Do you like what you see? I don't. <laughs> I don't. But um, Bone says, says the guy who just said he's too lazy to make lunch. No, no, no. No. I'm not talking about lazy to make lunch in the morning. Most of the time it's I just don't have time. I just Wake up earlier. It's easier said than done, Mister Mister. I do all of these things, and I I go, I'm working out now because I feel like I'm important. I, that's not why I'm working out. I'm working out so I can feel better. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm doing. Sure, it is, Rico. I need to start working out because when my daughter gets old enough and she wants to have a boyfriend, you need to be. Scary. I need to. I need to be able to. I need to be able to beat him up. Well, and that's the only thing. I'm not gonna throw. I'm not gonna like threaten anybody, but I just play a part in that. No, one hundred percent. So, like, I need to, like, I need to be bigger. No, I need to be bigger because I'm short. Muscular bigger. Yes. Not no fat bigger. No, I need to get more muscular because I'm short. Okay. It's tougher. It's tougher for shorter guys like us because here's the thing. I, I say it all the time. If I was six foot one, I wouldn't be as fat as I am. Because my my weight would disperse. If I was six foot one, I'd be very skinny. You would be. 
But I don't like, weigh that much right now. But that's the that's the issue. I know, is surprising because unfor- I have a belly. Unfortunately, that's what's crazy is like people will look at me and be like, oh, I, I bet you weigh a lot. Oh, what's up, chunk? Yeah, and I'm like, I can't help it. It's the fact that I'm five foot ten, and that my weight just all is just compressed into this, you know. If I was five foot ten, I'd have been running at Worlds this past weekend. Okay, that's not. I'm, I'm not running. sure. Not sure. Uh, other track and field stars in the uh, in the in the studio would agree with you there. I would have been at I would have been at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. Oh okay. I would have been. What's hurtling. wrong with Carney? I'm gonna nothing. I, I'm Absolutely gonna, nothing I'm, is wrong. I'm with I'm going to visit Carney this weekend. Are you? We I will be in Carney on Saturday night it's, and Sunday morning. I've seen like pictures of the campus. It's changed so much. It's, it, it was beautiful before, but it's gorgeous now. They've got like an antelope statue that somebody made. That is cool. They upgraded the fountain. Well, well Ryan Held got to town. You had to. It was before Ryan Held. Oh. I don't know. Good try though. I, it was, was it? because the football team was doing better well, though. Yeah, they had the they had the the Heisman equivalent on their team. Yes. The so. uh oh the Harlan Hill award. Thank you. I couldn't remember. He was a run, he's been a runner up two years in a row. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be out in the uh, old K town for That is what people call it. Uh for Saturday night and Sunday morning. Nice. Yeah. What you doing? Just, you know, passing time. You're there for an event. I'm passing time. Uh, so the event is actually Saturday morning. Um, but going, you're going to be there Sunday yes, night because why not? Because I'm. I want to break up the drive back from Gothenburg. Um, and plus, shout out to Gothenburg. Okay, so you you want me to just spill the beans here? The Gothenburg Swedes. I, I'm, pl- I I'm playing. I'm playing in a teammates mentoring or teammates golf event on Saturday morning out That's in Gothenburg, fine. Nebraska. You're doing a good thing. I, it is. It is. Um, You're a celebrity. Eight, that is not what I would call it. <laughs> um, AD and I are playing in a tournament. I knew it was AD. Um, he's the one that asked me. I he's the one it. that offered it I to me. It. I am not playing with AD. I am on my own team oh, with three random people. You're dragging other people down. I am. I am. I'm playing with three random other people. And I apologize if those three people end up listening and end up being on my team. And they're like, oh, we got Nick? Oh, yeah. Dang it. They're, well, first of all, they're probably not going to know me. They were, hoping for, all, they were hoping for AD. They were hoping for AD. And then second of all, um, and then that car, Raph is actually going to be in Kearney. Where is he? Weekend. Is he in Kearney he's right in, now? He's in Hastings right now. And then in the weekend, he's going to be on, in Kearney. Okay. So then Saturday night... We're all gonna get together, hang out, and then we're gonna all golf together on Sunday. Is he gonna go to? The, is he gonna go to the uh, Kool Aid Museum in Hastings? I, I don't know. You have to ask him. He, he's gonna act like though. he's super busy. Yeah. AD and I. Is he the mayor out. of Hastings? Also, no, no. But we figured it out. Raf Raf works for his other job like eighty nine days a year, and still complains about how much he works. So. Well, I I will say that they do have him like traveling out to places and, and then just and staying there for he's, weeks. Yeah, yeah, he's I mean, they they have him travel out to North Platte and stay there for like a week and a half or two weeks and it's like, well, sorry, Raph, we're just all going to be doing our thing here and you just be by yourself out there. But no, it's fine. So it's I'm looking forward to it. The teammates event is going to be fun on Saturday morning. Looking forward to it. I apologize in advance to my partners, my three teammates that i'm going to have um but no it's going to be a good event i'm excited for it okay so what i wanted to get into especially with mr baseball guy here uh the mlb all-star game yeah happened last night it did i didn't watch it unfortunately okay but i watched some of the highlights and um the mlb all-star game at least to some people i've heard is the best all-star event in all of professional sports it is in my mind and I think the game, the All-Star game, is probably the best because there's really not any uh, taking it easy. Yeah. There's no – you know, for for the Pro Bowl, for the NFL, Mm -hmm. 
they don't really want to hit each other, so they're you know jogging whatever. They played flag football this last year, which yeah. actually was pretty entertaining. Um, and then the NBA All Star Game is like 185 to 187 because there's no defense at all being played. It's just centers chucking up threes and half court shots and what have you, and people just going you know shot for shot trying to see how far back they can go before they mm-hmm. miss a shot, um, which is fun for a little bit, but gets really boring once you realize that you wanted to see basketball. Yeah. Um, competitive basketball. But in terms of like a weekend and events, I think even with the the downturn, I guess you could say, of the dunk contest, that All-Star Weekend for the NBA is the best weekend of All-Star Weekends. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of obviously a little biased with baseball. In terms of weekends, I think NBA probably takes the crown because you have – the the futures game um is is a little more is advertised a little mm-hmm. more and it's more easier is easier to watch they take that than, one a little more serious yeah than than the maybe the futures game for major league baseball um and also like let's also be real you're you're m- much more likely to know a guy on the G League or in the development system of the NBA than you are to know the Orioles' best prospect mm-hmm. or that, that futures or game, like, right? Yeah, so so you're much more inclined to you know f- be drawn to the NBA futures game specifically because you might know Scoot Henderson and you might know um, some other you know uh, Victor Wembanyama, Martin, uh, the bigger dude, Kenyon Martin Jr. Yes, yeah, Kenyon Martin Jr. and stuff like that. You're you're much more inclined to maybe know who those guys are going into the game. The Thompson twins, rather than having to to turn on the TV onto MLB Network, which m- some people don't have, and then you will be like, all right, who's this guy? When was he drafted? Oh, he's drafted in the fifteenth round. Okay, back well, in 2016. Fine. Yeah, so you know, I think you're much more inclined, and, and there's a better chance that you know the people on the NBA futures mm-hmm. game. In terms of home run derby, I think it's actually. It was a really good home run derby this year uh, because of some of the close scores. Mm-hmm. And Vladdy always puts on a show. Vladdy Jr. puts on a show. Um, you also had like the story of Adley Rutschman switch hitting and, and hitting 27 home runs. Then you had Luis Robert. And the fact that it was kind of a homecoming for him. Yeah, yeah. And so like that was that part was fun. And However, some of the rules are have changed. Like I miss the days where there was just 10 outs. And I like that. There was no time, and, and I suppose it maybe slowed it down a little bit. You had guys taking a yeah, lot of pitches. Yeah, because you had guys taking pitches in between. Yeah, and so I understand, like, for time constraints, you want to try to speed it up, and that's the big thing with baseball is just make everything faster, and I get that. But I enjoyed the 10 outs where it was like there was no bonuses. It was just you, you if you take 10 straight swings, then that's what you got, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. – um, I, I think the Major League Baseball game is, or home run derby, excuse me, has kind of diminished a little bit, and that's where maybe the slam dunk contest has gotten better. old. Yeah, no, the slam dunk contest old? is the slam dunk contest like, is it. I guess it just depends on who's, who's in it? doing it and if they have any type of creativity because you see a lot of the same dunks year after year, and I understand it. There's only so much you can do when you're jumping off of two feet or one feet and and trying to dunk a basketball. You know. You're not going to have people who are going to be able to go between their legs five times and do something crazy like that. So there's only so much you can do with the athleticism that you're given. Yeah. Um, the three-point contest, I feel like, has has taken 
is kind of getting stagnant. It's still really fun to watch. It's getting a little stagnant. But I think the skills competition, especially with the addition of the big guys, and then you can see um, some of these centers with their abilities to dribble and pass and what have you, I think that's gotten a little more popular, still not to the level of the three-point or the dunk contest, however. And I said this earlier today. I said that the Major League Baseball All-Star game, specifically the game, is the best one in my eyes because – and to the players, I mean, credit, I guess, they're going out there understanding I only have to get through three outs. I'm only playing three outs here. Mm-hmm. I'm playing one inning. Maybe I get one at bat, maybe two, and that's that's my role, especially pitchers, right? They're going to get their best stuff. I mean, Fox mic'd up uh, Nathan Avaldi last night, and he go he, on his way out to the mound, he told Joe Davis and, and John Smoltz in the booth, like, hey, I'm going to gear it up here because this is I know this is my only inning. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about guys – taking notes of what pitches I'm throwing and what sequences right now because they're not going to face me three innings down the road. They're not going to face me when the lineup turns over. So they can just go out there and kind of be free um, and and stuff. I think the mic'd up part I like that. In certain situations, I like it. We saw how well it worked. Um, in spring training? It, well, we saw how well it worked in the first inning last night where Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman were mic'd up mm-hmm. together and they were playing in the field at the same time. It also worked out so well because Joe Davis is the his main gig is the Los Angeles Dodgers broadcaster. Yep. So you saw how well it worked when those guys obviously know each other. They spend a lot of time together um, because Joe Davis is obviously calling all the Dodgers games. And so th- the players know the broadcaster and vice versa. Where then we saw it with Nathan Avaldi, where the inning kind of dra- drug on a little bit, where it was like, okay, now what do we talk about? And especially if you get a guy that maybe isn't so f- as forthcoming mm-hmm. with the information of like, hey, this is what I'm going to throw here. Last year, Alc Manoa was really, really good. Back he, when he was good. He and Jose Trevino were mic'd up together. Yes. And it was pitcher-catcher, and you heard that inside discussion of like, all right, Jose, what do you want to throw here? All right, all right, Alec, what do you want to throw here? Mm-hmm. And you could hear them talking back and forth and deciding the pitch. This year, Nathan Avaldi wasn't necessarily that forthcoming with his his thought process. And I think that ultimately is is the mic'd up goal, is that you get to hear how these players are thinking in between each pitch and in between each play. And sometimes you don't get that. And mm-hmm. I also sometimes have an issue because the broadcast networks feel like they need to hold the, the interviewee on for the entire inning. Yeah. And if you get, you know, if you get some bad luck and it's a two or three run inning, those conversations can really drag on because the broadcasters most of the time don't always do the best prep work for what to, how to, how to, you know, orchestrate one of those. And also if you're talking to like a manager, he's trying to coach a game and that's more regular season. We saw it in the college world series, but like, He's trying to he's trying to coach a game. He's trying to manage a team in that situation. I think in those instances with the All Star game, especially with those mic'd up, you have to find somebody who's gonna be more entertaining. If yeah. you're gonna have them mic'd up during an inning, you gotta find somebody. I really liked I think it was Mookie Betts in spring training a couple of years ago yeah. when, you know, he's talking to him and then the ball gets hit towards him and he's running and he's like, Nope, not gonna get to that. Yeah. And you just you can hear like the thought process of everything and you know, Sometimes they're just talking to themselves. Sometimes they forget they're mic'd up and they're just talking, you know, going through what they're going to, what's going to happen during the inning or what they're doing during a certain play. And I think that's kind of the goal that they're going for, obviously. But that's the tricky part is finding somebody who's going to be a little bit more entertaining, who's going to be able to keep the attention of the. Uh, of the listeners with their with uh, what they're going to say and, and what have you. Now, and sometimes you get, I mean, you strike gold 
um, with with your interviewee, basically. I, I remember back in the College World Series, the TCU baseball – I got to find his, his name – Kirk Sarlus. Mm-hmm. And they would talk to him – it, I, I remember every single TCU game I watched in the College World Series. Because you're obsessed with the it was Frogs. It was, they would talk to him in the fourth inning. And there were times where, like, Mike Monaco and, and Eduardo Perez, who were up in the booth, well, like, unfortunately, it's a, it can be a great tool to use during a broadcast because it provides a variety and you kind of see that inside look, if you will. But when you interview him for the fourth day in a row – you can't continue to ask him the same questions every single day. And you can't, you can't, you know, and, and it sometimes gets stale. Mm-hmm. And so then there were times where, like, there'd be dead silence because they, they wouldn't know kind of how to navigate that conversation. I'm sure it's difficult. But then Sarlus would have to, like, continue the conversation, be like, hey, guys, let me tell you a story. Because he's just down there with a headset on in the middle of the College World Series, and the inning's taking a little bit longer than maybe ESPN planned for or was hoping for. Mm-hmm. And they got to figure out a way to fill time, or else you're just going to have a guy on the on the you know mic'd up in the dugout who's trying to manage his team, and they're not even talking. And it's to just him. silence. And yeah, it's like, and so okay, now what it's do we really do? awkward because it's like, all right, where do we? Who do we ask about now? Because we just asked about a guy for the third straight day because this is the third straight day that we've talked to Kirk Sarlus, and and you know the, all the the exciting stories of how they got to Omaha and the journey mm-hmm. that you can't bring those back up necessarily. Um, because you already heard about those on the first and maybe second day. And so I think over time, maybe it, in certain situations, in-game interviews are really good. And we saw it last night with maybe Mookie and Freddie Freeman. And then we saw sometimes other other in-game interviews mm-hmm. aren't as good. You've seen some managers who just like take the headsets off because – I don't remember which one it was, but he's like, every time I do these interviews, something bad happens. Yeah. And something bad. And they gave up like two hits or something and a run scored. And he just like took the headset off. He's like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it's give and take. But I really enjoy the in-game interviews and when you're throwing headsets. Not headsets, but the little microphones on the players while they're out mm-hmm. um, playing. Hard to do that. You're not going to do that in football. Uh, not going to do that in basketball. But with they baseball. Did. with They did with quarterback. They well, they weren't talking to them. They weren't them. talking to them. That's no. that's different. Mic'd that's up mic'd and up. just and just listening to what's happening and yeah. being able to put that later. That's different than mic'd up and talking. I think yeah. baseball is the only one you can do that with because of the time in between pitches yeah. that you can ask questions and answer those questions. Well, but which and granted, I guess with when when fans are wanting more variety in it than just ball one, and part of that obviously falls on the broadcaster to keep it lively and exciting mm-hmm. and stuff, but. Other than that, I mean, this provides an opportunity to hear something different from somebody that you don't usually get to talk to, other than in a post game if they were the best player in that game, mm-hmm. saying, hey, w- what did you see up there, and having a 15-second answer, and then it was, all right, thanks for your time. Getting the personalities of a lot, a lot of uh, different baseball players, which is necessary if you want to yeah. keep the game going. Which, I mean, now we now we know it's possible, though, because obviously they've done it, um, and, and that's how a lot of they, them react now, pitchcom, right, mm-hmm. with the microphones in the ears and, and catchers communicating with pitchers. That way you don't have teams picking signs uh, and, and things like that. So you know that the technology is there. I just sometimes wish that, and I'm sure it's probably from like a, a presentation side of things where it's like they have to keep them on for the entire half inning. Mm-hmm. But I wish that it would be like it would seem a lot less forced mm-hmm. if they were just like, all right, thanks. We we asked you seven questions, which is quite a few in the middle of a game. Yeah, thanks for your and, time. Hey, Get and, back to playing. We appreciate you taking this time, but you we we all understand that we can't help but that your pitcher walked four four guys in a row and yep. walked one home and. And now you guys are losing the game seven to six in the fifth inning. Now you're going through a pitching change, like, and there's even more time. Like, I understand that, 
but also allow that guy to coach. Yep. Well, whether whether he's on the sidelines of an NBA game, whether he's on the sidelines for NFL football or in college baseball or even Major League Baseball, allow them to do their job in that moment and realize that maybe that interview is secondary. Mm-hmm. We need to mic up different sports. We need to mic up some track athletes. Track athletes would be fun. I also think, like for from my side of things, I, I think golf is really interesting. Because oh, yeah. Golf would be perfect. Golf would be awesome. And, and we've seen this like with the match. I don't like golf, but it'd be perfect. Yeah, and, it, and I'm sure you're you're catering to a niche a niche audience there and a smaller audience. But if you guys have ever heard golfers, professional golfers, talk about the the undulations in the green and the degrees, like Jordan Spieth had this document or not documentary, but had a video where he talked about um, when he won the Masters. Like that was one of his first big tournaments that he played in, and obviously he won at a really young age. But he talked about like coming in. I had to study the degrees of how the the slopes and the weather and how the the weather would affect the turf or the surface, I guess. And it's just unbelievable because we all go out there, myself included, and that's what I'll do on Saturday. I'll go out there and be like, all right, I think it's going to break just a little bit left or right. Yeah, we're just going to we're just going to we're going to we're, we're going to wing go. it. This this works about when when they pull out those pocketbooks and they flip it to the right hole and it's like got all the details on it. It's it's truly unbelievable. If you hit it to this degree on this area, this is going to happen. All yeah, that it's, stuff. It's, it's it's it slopes down. The, so I, it's the the whole slopes down. So I need to. I need to have you know put a little bit extra on it with some with some backspin so it can check and then roll back a little bit and roll right down towards it. It's just the the club and and their their ability to hit clubs a specific distance is somewhere where a lot of casual golfers will never get to, mm-hmm. never get to. All right, I need to hit my sixty degree wedge, eighty eight yards. I can do that between I can put it between eighty five and ninety. It's 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 unbelievable. The degree of do. difficulty and the amount of preparation needed is 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 ridiculous. But that's going to do it for the first segment here on the Ticket Water Cooler. Uh, me and Nick will be back up next.